You are listening to the Extraordinary Events Podcast with Dr. K. Episode number seven, Empathy in Design. Welcome to the Extraordinary Events Podcast, where we aim to educate, inspire, and empower individuals who wish to design transformational experiences. Now, your host, event education champion, Dr. Kristen Mallet. feel about empathy? Do you relate? Do you feel it's wooey or a hippie feeling thing? I used to think empathy was more hippie. I think some of us might have been raised and conditioned to think that way. However, now I truly realize its importance both in life and in the design process. Empathy draws on our ability as researchers and designers to see the world through other people's eyes, to feel what they feel, and to experience things as they do. Without this understanding of what others see, feel, and experience, design is a pointless task. There is a reason that empathy is included towards the beginning of most design thinking frameworks. If you Google the definition of empathy, there seems to be a lot of varying opinions on how exactly to define it. Some of these definitions are very distinct from sympathy, and some tend to blur the lines. Empathy is distinct from sympathy, and we believe it should be designed as such. We define empathy as the ability to deeply understand the problems and realities of the people you are designing for, what they feel, seeing things from their point of view, understanding their actions and reactions, and imagining yourself in their place. Outside of this general definition, research has shown that there are several different categories of empathy, typically grouped into three areas. While researchers have labeled these areas in differing ways, in general, they are cognitive, emotional, and compassionate. Cognitive empathy is the ability to understand how someone else feels, and to work out what they might be thinking. Emotional empathy refers to the ability to share another person's emotions, to truly share them, not just understand them. This would mean when you see someone else who is sad, it physically makes you feel sad. And lastly, compassionate empathy. This is when you take others' feelings into your own actions. It goes beyond understanding and relating to other people's situations and pushes you to do something. Most of the time, when people discuss empathy, they are really talking about cognitive or emotional empathy. Empathy is labeled as an emotional intelligence competency. Now, if you remember our episode about how you are creative, we talked about the importance of emotional intelligence. In the 2020 Future of Jobs report, it is listed as the sixth essential skill for being successful in today's workplace. Emotional intelligence reflects a person's ability to connect with others. Empathizing with the target market allows you to identify the right solution to their problems, even if that is not your product or service. It takes empathy to understand the real needs of your potential customers, to be able to determine whether you have the right solution for them, or if you would be wasting your time and theirs. Empathy helps design thinkers 
set aside their assumptions about the world in order to gain insight into their users and the user's needs. In the empathizing process, you will first want to gather a substantial amount of information about the target market to help develop the understandings, experiences, insights, and observations you will use to design the transformational experience for your attendee. So where does empathy come from? There appears to be two main factors that contribute to the ability to experience empathy, genetics and socialization. Essentially, the concepts of naturing and nurturing. Parents pass down genes that contribute to overall personality, including the propensity towards sympathy, empathy, and compassion. On the other hand, people are also socialized by their parents, peers, communities, and society that also contribute towards your ability to empathize. Despite upbringing and socialization, you can continue to build empathy skills in a variety of different ways, as long as you're open to the concept and unlearning some of your previous thoughts and beliefs. My favorite way to increase empathy, which has been scientifically supported, is to read literary fiction. Studies show that when people read fiction, their brains genuinely feel like they're entering the world that the story takes place in. Whether that's Harry Potter with Hogwarts and Diagon Alley, The Hunger Games and District 13, or even stories about everyday families in different cultures. By reading fiction, the readers are able to identify with people and groups that are actually outside of themselves. With characters who live lives that are entirely different than their own. Don't have time to expand your reading? There are other targeted activities that can help improve empathy. While this might seem oversimplified, these targeted practices can help you build your empathy. First, work on listening to people without interrupting. Second, pay attention to body language and other types of nonverbal communication. Third, try to understand people even when you don't agree with them, especially if you don't agree with them. Four, Ask people questions to learn more about them and their lives. And five, simply imagine yourself in another person's shoes. These all seem simple, right? But it requires that we pay attention and choose to take the time to care. These all seem simple, right? But it requires that we pay attention and choose to take the time to care. Too often, we're in our own heads. We have our own agenda. We are busy, and we don't always pay attention to what others are thinking or feeling. In order to improve, we need to be more self-aware and more aware of others. For example, the next time you ask someone how they are doing, listen to their response. Do you believe them? Are they really okay or great? Ask yourself if you care to learn more. Do you? Then ask yourself if you're going to take the time to care and probe further. If so, ask them additional questions or share your observations. In the design thinking process, you can build empathy with your target market with a series of activities as well. I always like to start with assuming a beginner's mindset and asking what, how, and why. I create journey maps, conduct interviews, and build empathy with analogies. 
I am also a huge proponent of using photo and video-based journals as well. I wanted to share a story about an event design process I was facilitating. The event's main purpose was to increase awareness of human trafficking and co-creating processes to stop human trafficking. The factors of human trafficking were heavily researched. It was found that one of the methods that can help prevent potential victims from being human trafficked was to have these individuals be more aware of signs and symptoms within their social interactions and to be more situationally aware of factors in their home life that could also make them a target. There are a lot of other ways to prevent human trafficking, but this is the one I will use in this example. So, we know this research. We as a team identified the largest group of potential victims, which is junior and high school girls, roughly around the ages of 10 to 16, with bad home lives, low self-esteem, and without a good support network. Though, of course, this is not the only group that is targeted. We decided that this group was one of the primary stakeholders we were designing this event for. We completed the empathy mapping process for this stakeholder group, and we truly put ourselves in the shoes of these girls. I think we can all agree it would be easy as an organizer to simply partner with public schools and co-lead an assembly, come into classes, or have a day out of school to go to a day-long human trafficking awareness event. As organizers, we can advertise this to sponsors. We can count the number of attendees. We can talk about knowledge shared and some measure of awareness as an ROI metric. However, we learned through the empathy process that this was not what these girls wanted or needed. And these girls were a key stakeholder group that we were designing the event for. What we found was girls living a life of constant peer pressure, body image issues, home insecurities, never-ending comparisons, bullying, constant input from social media, low self-esteem, high levels of anxiety, depression, fear about the future, and so much more. As expected, the concept of human trafficking was not even a thought on these girls' minds. In fact, if we just lectured to them about human trafficking, it would exacerbate the issues I just listed and make them worse. It would add more things that these girls had to worry about. In order to design an event to help reach these girls and help end human trafficking, we realized we should not be increasing their anxiety and fear. We had to focus on increasing self-esteem, boosting confidence, dissecting social media, and building close friendships and a support network in a safe and friendly environment. We didn't want to have endless sessions specifically on human trafficking and add to their anxiety and depression and worry already filling their life. So we planned an event that didn't even have human trafficking in the name, something that took care of the root causes of being a target in addition to providing some information of signs to look for. It was not just raising awareness that human trafficking exists and that they needed to be on the lookout. I was in a masterclass with the author Neil Gaiman, and he was discussing his novel, Neverwhere. This novel was really a book about homelessness and the people who fall through the cracks and are living rough. Yet, he wrote it so that way people everywhere can enjoy it and not necessarily know what it was about while they were actively reading it. He stated in his masterclass that if he wrote a book about homelessness, 
the only people who would pick the book up and read it would be people who already care about homelessness. What he wanted was to write a book about adventure, and then when people reflected on what they read and experienced, they would walk around in reality and look at these homeless people and really see them and not pretend that they were invisible anymore. This really resonated with me, and I felt the same way about this human trafficking event. No one goes to an event on human trafficking unless they are already either super passionate about the concept of human trafficking, or it's a mandatory event where the attendees may or may not pay attention because they're not passionate about the topic. These girls needed adventure and an experience that would address some of the insecurities and give them a break from their stressful life and create an amazing support network. Once home, they could reflect on the mission further and how it applies to their life. It's really all about getting down to the real wants and needs of the stakeholder. This is a lot to think about. I mentioned some activities earlier to help strengthen your empathy. If you had official homework from this episode, I would say sometime today or tomorrow to ask three of your friends or family how they are doing. Actively listen to their answers. And then choose to care. Ask the probing questions. Are they really okay or just saying they are? Comment on your observations to them. Open the dialogue. I am really excited about our episode on Thursday We'll be having an industry interview with Katya Wallish, an empathy experience designer and coach. You do not want to miss out. Thank you all for taking the time to make the time. I look forward to sharing with you about this topic further on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Extraordinary Events Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.